Welcome to the Beyond Green 365 podcast. This podcast educates homeowners on how to make healthier choices when updating, remodeling, or building a new home. Step Beyond Green to Healthy supports, advocates, and educates for healthier indoor environments. We make every effort to offer healthier options and learning opportunities. However, our assistance is not specific medical advice for any one person and or medical condition. For specific medical advice, please contact your physician. The content provided by Step Beyond Green to Healthy is for your information only. Any application of this information is your responsibility entirely. Here is your host, Jonathan Sinovic. Welcome, everybody. I am back with Kyla Gettleman of Current Electric, the solar sales manager for them. And she is super excited because today, if you didn't hear about solar in the generality of it, please go back to a previous episode. But today's discussion is we're getting down to the nitty and gritty. I know that we talked about the overview of solar with energy and brownouts and tax credits, things like that in the last episode. So this episode, we really wanted to focus on what is the panels? What are they? How have, how has technology changed things like that? Wiring and also this thing called inverter and battery packs. And boy, I, I tell you, I didn't know much about it. But after this episode, you're going to know all the ins and outs to how solar works. And actually, maybe some things about how solar doesn't work. So with that further ado, let's get started with Kyla. All right, I am back with my favorite solar specialist. How are you today? I am doing great. How you are. You yes, sure? I am. Okay. Because we had a lot of we had a lot of fun in our last episode. Where we talked all about kind of the broad overview of solar, right? That was that was the main topic. Just kind of understanding where the energy world is and what the process is and things like that. Um, and today, though, I'm actually a little bit a little bit more excited because today we talk about the nitty gritty. Okay, and we're going to talk about the nitty gritty a little bit more on a split between what it really is and a little bit about the healthy side of what we should be aware of um, and some things that we can do to um, when we're thinking about install, what we might be able to do. I don't want to give away the whole episode because yeah. that wouldn't be any fun, right? <laughs> so we're going to we're going to break the solar piece down into two pieces. And I think we talked a little bit about it on the last episode of the panels, right? Because when I think solar, it's panels. And panels and panels and panels. Um, and I guess let's talk a little bit about the history of panels because I think that's kind of interesting because we haven't seen panels get smaller in size, but yet I hear they've maybe gotten better at efficiency. Yes, panels. Um, well, there's a lot of things with panels. I mean, even pricing of panels has changed dramatically okay. <laughs> over the years because solar used to be very, very expensive. Um, but panels themselves, yeah, they, they're not getting, um, you know, much bigger than what they were. Uh, but what they are offering is a lot more power being able to be produced from them. And that's always great. Um, the other thing that I find most important, because I still get asked this from other customers, is what color are their panels, too. A lot of them are still, especially if you see them, there's some, you know, downtown where they're the black and silver ones, very big, very bulky, very standout. Um and that has changed <laughs> for a good thing. Um, so now they're looking at all blacked out panels. So they don't stick out as much. The panels are even more of a little bit uh, lower profile. So there's not as much as a gap from the roof to the top of the panels, which is really good. Um, but yeah, aesthetics have definitely made improvements, which is good. Um, panel wattage, meaning how much they're producing, has definitely gone up. You got, I mean, you got a... They go all the way up super high, but like 
for residential, we typically will look at like 390s to 400 watt panels. Um, where I have some customers uh, who have older systems and they were like at 150 to 240s. Oh, so wow. yeah, big increases Jeez. there. <laughs> uh, the other thing too, warranties. Those have gone up tremendously. A lot of those were at like 10 years. They're now 25 years. Um, and warranties I know are always so vague, but when you're what are you talking about? My, my there's a there's a guy who calls me on my car warranty every single day. I mean, what do you, what, what do you mean? <laughs> well, it's like the car; they won't do anything inside. It's just the outside, right. <laughs> whatever it might be. Um, but when you there's different like levels of panels, and when you're looking at a tier one, which is a top one, and no, that doesn't mean the cost is outrageous for them. Um, but their warranties are really really good, meaning they're covered for the lifetime of the system, so 25 years. Um, typically the contractor will work beneath them and handle anything for you. So you don't play middleman, which oh, is nice. really nice. Um, so your contractor will handle it, get everything done for you. Um, so yeah, big changes there. So let's, let's, let's talk about, uh, warranties and why that's important. So when you mentioned 10 years, that's what you, you know, we're up to 25 years. I know that that was a big factor in, the cost factor of putting the system in because it was always payback in 10 years, payback in 10 years. And then there was always this like doubt in the back of everybody's mind, like, well, that's great because the warranty ends in 10 years. And so basically what you're telling me is I'm just going to restart the cycle all over again at the 10 year point. So I think that's a critical piece when you talk about that extended 15 years is that now you're talking about something that you're piecing out very much like a HVAC system or yes. like a car, like after a certain amount of time, you're expecting there's gonna be some maintenance on a system but now basically what you're saying is that it's going to be more like pieces and not so much the whole thing. Yeah. So like when we're covering in the inverter or with the panels themselves, what that meaning is like at year 25, a lot of the manufacturers will guarantee that the panels will still be producing at like 90% efficiency year 25. That's wow. outstanding. 25 uh, years. Geez. And if it's not, that's still covered under warranty. Well, they'll replace it. So that right there is great. I mean, the panels themselves are, the most durable piece of equipment in a system. Um, the panels, most of them are able to withstand golf ball size hail. Like they're a solid piece of equipment. Mm. They don't weigh a lot. They're about 40 pounds each. Um, but warranties are really important for them because they're outside. They're taking that, you know, weather damage, whatever you want to call it. Um, so warranties are key and something you really want to look into. And, and they're there. A lot of them are offering them. I guess I never would have thought, and it's interesting you say golf ball size hail. So we're in Milwaukee, Wisconsin with this podcast, and we just had a, a couple months of on and off like larger hails that we hadn't really seen in a while. In fact, fall, we had a gigantic hailstorm um, out, out west of us here from the city. And so the, the, the panels are that durable then. Yeah. Uh, so a story I'll share with you, actually. So I'm in Oconomowoc in the summer when we had that crazy hailstorm that was the most wild thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a customer who's in Oconomowoc. They have solar. Hailstorm happened. They actually did need their roof repaired from the hailstorm. Their panels were totally fine. We went out there, took the panels off for the roofers to do everything, put them back on, but we looked at every single one and tested them. 100% fine. The hmm. roof, shot. <laughs> the, the roof had to go. Um, wow. So, yeah, personal, you know, customer experience that they had and – you know, we kind of put them to the test. Not golf ball size, but a lot it was of it coming close. down. It was, it was pretty close to golf yeah, ball size. I'm intense. not going to lie. That was, that, there were plenty of pictures of cars that looked like dimples. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like yes. looked like golf balls when they were done. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
And uh, now you just make me want to plaster the whole house with solar then. At that point, I, mean, I wouldn't need shingles. I'll just use solar. They'll just protect yeah. me. All that power. All that, all that power. Yes, yes. All right, so in, in panels, I guess another question, because we're in the Midwest, um, snow. So oh. obviously... In a, in a high, in a real high pitch scenario, it's not a big deal. It's probably going to set off like a metal roof would be. You know, it's very slick. But do we worry about buildup of snow on the panels? And does that decrease its efficiency at that point? So you said exactly what I would normally say with a <laughs> pitched roof. So you just took my line. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, snow, I mean, either way, regardless of your pitch, snow is going to stick. And if anyone tells you otherwise, they're... They're just not telling the truth. Um, so snow is going to stick there, and it's still going to accumulate for maybe a couple of days. But the panels are all black. So now think about it. It's very similar to your asphalt driveway. As soon as a spot starts to clear, the rust is going to spread and clear off. Um, now, yes, the steeper your roof is, the better the snow is going to clear off, which is great. Um but I, I wouldn't let that worry you. Um, a lot of contractors, like for us, for example, will actually take that into consideration when we're doing a project um, to factor in, hey, you might not see 26 days of absolutely no sunlight because of our lovely Wisconsin weather. So that's stuff that's being, it should be taken into consideration when you're looking at it. And I think, what, what, what about ice damming? Like, is that something that I need to, because I would imagine, again, in our, in our climate, we're only seeing something like that during two months of the 12 months. And you are on all kinds of sales calls throughout the year. So is that something that if I'm a homeowner right now and I know I have ice damming, I should be telling you? Yes. Um, share it because when you, if you're having ice damming now, and let's say you're going on the roof, we don't want you on the roof You know, with the panels. We don't want you to have to clear any snow. We don't want the panels to get damaged either. Um, so what we'll actually do is if you let us know that there is spots on the home that ice dam or you know we'll have that or the gutters will fill whatever it is we can actually take that into consideration and do like heat tape so that way it avoids you know mm. the snow going over on the panels potentially damaging them um, and we'll just help get you all set up we want to make this as easy for you as possible not just for the solar but like don't go on the roof you don't have to worry about it anymore it's taken care of so yeah we will take that into consideration Panels too. We're at, we're on. That's our that's our first top, uh, subject that we're talking about today on panels. So, the amount of panels. Um, we talked in the last episode about kilowatts being it. We talked about giving our energy bills to you so you could give a kind of an idea. Um, but we're doing a lot of add-ons. I feel like in in my on the construction side of things, we're adding pools, we're adding hot tubs. I talked about all those as part of the the cars, the electric cars, um, and so. Talk to us a little bit about what you should be talking to an expert about in, in for future planning. Yeah. Um, so whenever you're looking at solar and we are asking for your usage, um, always make sure if you are, let's say, even expecting a baby, you're expanding on your family, that's something that's going to increase usage. Um, or if you have another family member coming in, electric vehicle, doing an addition on the house, all that stuff, if we can help you pre-prep for that, that's what we want to do because doing it all at once is, you know, obviously a savings in itself, but we don't have to keep coming out here disrupting your living space. Um, so we want to we want to help you. We want to help prep you for, you know, whatever's going to be happening. Make sure we're offsetting that if we can and get it taken care of uh, big picture. Yeah. And if I am thinking about maybe three, four years down the road doing an addition, is there anything you need to know about that up front 
I mean, obviously we won't know what the usage is, but I guess, is there any prep that's useful for knowing the system? We're going to expand on the addition at some point. Does that change system configurations at all? Um, so, so, and it does. Um, so some things to consider is like, is your roof line of your house right now going to change at all with you adding the addition? Um, that would be something. What kind of living space is it? Is it going to be, you know, maybe in dining room, you're expanding on that. So there's not going to be too much usage there, but we want to know what that living space is going to be used for. Um, So I think that's nice. And it's something where you can pre-prep for it, or you could look at it doing a phase two down the road too. Got it. Got it. And then my last kind of funny question, and I I say funny because I drive by one all the time is I don't have to have solar on a pivot wheel in my front yard that follows the sun, do I? Are these panels the? I mean, is that is that what I have to do, or is there? Are they gotten better? Great. So, <laughs> no, you don't have to have the pivot. That's you don't need that. When you're looking at that, the reason why is because yes, it's tracking the sun all day. Um, you know, having them south facing. Guess what? You're getting all day sun. That's the best spot for them. But let's say if you have a roof line that's going to run north-south, all you have are east-west roof sections, that's okay. You can still get, you know, I mean, if you split it up, you're still going to be getting all-day sun exposure. Um, So don't, yeah, don't worry about that too much. You don't need them. You can, you know, figure out a good layout design. Unless you really like to, I mean, <laughs> I, I would imagine if I'm retired and I want to watch my solar panels move all day, you could maybe still get the system. Yeah, so I yeah. suppose they're still out there. You could, yes, absolutely. <laughs> they make the trackers for sure. <laughs> that is absolutely awesome. All right, switching a little bit to healthy side of panels. I don't, I'm from the stepping on green side of things, I've always looked at panels as an exterior function. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know um, that I would be as concerned about even. EMFs around the panels, at that point, their DC current, that's actually running um, from the panels to the next component that we're going to talk about. Um, so I think, it, would you agree then, I mean, as far as the health concern, it's more of a visual thing at this point. We're off the roof even, so um, either off the roof or out in the field, generally yes. you can stay away from that. So I don't know that anybody has any concerns out there on the healthy side of things for the panels themselves. I don't really feel like I've got any any reason to believe other than, you know, they are, they are there's plastic components in it. They will, they are supposed to take the sun, so they will heat up and they will off-gas. However, again, they're on usually situations that we're not interacting with or off-gassing to the environment around us. So yes. do you have a, would yep, you agree I with would that? agree with that, yep. All right. So I'm going to take my panel and I'm going to plug it into an outlet to get power, right? I mean, that's 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 all this is, right? Because <laughs> all we talk about in solar are the panels and how they're cool black now and how there's all kinds of now there's all this buzz about Tesla's shingle yeah. panel. I mean, and we just take those and just plug it, we in, plug the it in the outlet and we're good to go, right? <laughs> no. If it was that easy, though, that'd be nice, too. Um, so, no. How it works is, you know, you have the panels on the roof and those are taking in DC power. Then that DC power is actually going to travel to an inverter. And what the inverter does is it takes a DC, converts it to AC, now it's brought into your home. Um, there are many different styles of inverters, too. Um, but that's how you got to do it. Not you an outlet. Just, you you got to take I mean, it to the inverter first. Which is so it. interesting to me because they call it an inverter, but it converts. So I yeah. don't know why it's a, not a, just a converter and why it's because it inverts the power. I get it, but it's just one of those things where I love our, our language. Like, yeah, why it's it converts yeah. from DC to AC. 
Uh, I suppose if you went from AC to DC with that, then be a converter. I don't know. Um, so in this inverter, okay, I know nothing about, is it a gigantic piece of equipment? Is it something that I have to rent a truck to put next to my house yeah. on? What What is, I mean, to the average person who may not know what an inverter looks like, it's kind of one of those things too. I'm not going to lie. No one ever brings that piece with. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Like, I don't have any idea. I've never, to be fair, I've never seen one. So I don't, and I've been at their booths at a lot yeah. of their, ex, I've never seen an inverter. What the heck? Okay, well, next show, I will point it out to you. So the inverter isn't big. Um, roughly, you're probably looking at about 40 pounds. Like, when the guys put it up on the wall, it takes two guys to put it in. Um so it hangs in the wall. It I'll start there, the wall. right? Like yes. 40, 40 pounds, I'm like, well, that's my right arm. That's not, that's not very nice. Hangs, but okay, fine. Yeah. No. <laughs> it hangs on the wall. Now, I will tell you, I am terrible with dimensions, so that doesn't A suitcase? Help. Can we literally, is it bigger than a suitcase? It's smaller than a suitcase. It's smaller than a suitcase? Yeah, I would okay. say like probably a tote bag, actually. That was a great oh, reference. See, I, I'm trying to get relatable That helped. Here. I'm using that from now on. Okay, tote bag. I'm, I'm okay. I can envision a tote bag. Yes. Forty pounds. You got a lot in that tote bag. But tote okay. bag. Well, that's yeah. All the all the electronics are in there. So how it works is, you know, the inverter. There's a lot of spots to put it. Um, so what I mean is, typically, a couple years ago, they all went outside next to the um, electrical meter, and that's mm-hmm. just where they went. They're they're able to be outside. Now I'm finding that everybody is putting them downstairs, um, you know, next to their panel, and I think they just kind of want extra protection on the piece of equipment. So you have options on where you can can put it. So there's a lot there. But, yeah, tote size, usually they come with 25-year warranty. There are two different style inverters. Um, so there's like a string inverter. Not that that means – that's a going oh, wow. way techie down there. Oh, wow, string inverter. So all I thought right now is this Louis Vuitton or is this – I mean, I'm in tote bag land. So I'm trying to figure <laughs> out, like, what we just talked about. Now you're putting strings in it, and, and I don't <laughs> – Yeah, so there's different inverters, and it all depends. Like, they'll make a recommendation based on your system, where it's located, surroundings of it, size yeah. of it. That will help make a recommendation on one inverter. But there's a lot, but – so, so the inverter basically it takes that power cord from the panels. Yes. We, we plug that into this tote bag and this yeah. <laughs> this tote bag. Then, so why why has it moved? You said it used to be by the smart meter. Does that inverter go directly then to the smart meter? Yeah, is that why it was historically started You're right. off there? Yeah. So how it works is you have the panels. It goes to the inverter, and then it actually you get another meter installed on your home when you do solar, and it's your PV meter. So I'm not sure if a lot of people... Sorry, you just said PV. PV. Okay. PV. Oh, PV. Photovoltaic. <laughs> oh, got it. Okay. Yeah, you're throwing some some words at me. I don't know, PV. I was like, oh, wow, this is... It's your solar meter. So <laughs> it's interesting because even though you have solar, you're always taking in the utility company's power, and your solar power is actually always getting sent back to the utility company. So it's interesting. Um, but yeah, so the inverter is just going to go to the meter. The meter is going to send it back to the utility company. So yes, I think that's why they were just put outside. It was, you know, right then and there. But I, I've seen a big shift where a lot of them, you know, they just wanted in the basement and inside, and that's okay. So this is this is where I, I like pause for a moment for a dr- dramatic effect. Uh-huh. If I had its noise, I'd make it. So what she just said is one of the miss, the most talked about, misunderstood concepts in solar. So I'm just going to repeat it in a very, very slow way for sake of being dramatic here. <laughs> your solar power 
goes back to We Energies or your or your electric company, you are still using the electric that's coming from We Energies or your utility company, and it's offsetting cost. It's not using your solar, and I think that mind boggles the world that I pay for solar that I don't get to use. Now, we will talk in a minute about how we can use some of it. But more importantly, I think that's that's a key point because I think it was when I first started learning about it, I was like, what, what are you talking about? Like, you think like why would I pay for We Energy's money? Yeah. <laughs> like, so, like, and really, it's an offset. And that's and so I want people, I, I always tell people that, and they're like, what? Yeah. Like, no. No, when the lights go off, which is going to be my next statement. <laughs> so when the lights go off, your lights will, when the electricity is shut from energies for some reason, storm, everything else, you don't get your lights to stay on. Is that a true statement? That's true. If you just have solar. <laughs> yep, that's all we're at right now. Yep. Then that's where it falls. If, if the utility company goes down, unfortunately, your solar also goes down, your home's down, your have nothing right now until right. it's back and, up. And, and you shouldn't be upset or shocked by that. That is a, that is, that is the, it's not the reason that you would put solar on it. It is the offsetting. It's, but as far as an emergency use piece, it's one of the things that in our next piece, we'll talk about how you can use that. But I mean, in, in its simplicity format of solar to you, that system inverter to smart meter, the light, the power goes off to the wind energy's line and you lose it well. You don't get to use the solar in your house. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about the uncomfortable sometimes word EMF. Um, and for everybody out there listening to this podcast, you know what that is because you've heard me talk about EMS before or you've done some investigation on it. So one of the things that we do like to talk about is this inverter in that transition from DC to AC will emit an EMF field, correct? Correct. All right. Now, the critical point of that is that we know that, and that's okay, because there are a lot of things in life that we can't control. But what she said earlier about where it's located is becoming more of a key when we think about EMFs. So ultimately, putting an inverter next to a smart meter is a really, really bad choice on EMFs, because the smart meter, as we know, everybody out there, is one of the number one biggest emitters of EMF in our electrical line right now. And we're putting another one next to it. It's only going to amplify that. That's going to spell even a worse disaster. Not a problem, though. I love the fact that you said you can put it downstairs with the panel. Mm-hmm. Now, on the healthy front, we'd stay away from putting the panel next to another piece because the panel itself is giving off yes. EMS. <laughs> so as we were kind of brainstorming what was going on uh, prior to recording of the, the podcast, one of the things that we have talked about is that we have been on the healthy front moving the smart meter actually out to the garage, mm-hmm. um, on the outside of the garage. Uh, there are some limitations, so make sure you talk with your local electrician about that, but there's some distances that you can't exceed. However, we can move the smart meter to the garage wall um, and run it down to the panel. Also, uh, I was just told that there are some, since we can do inverters outside, mm-hmm. you could then mount it on the outside of the garage, right? Yeah, I, I, honestly, an inverter, you can put wherever so a garage too is another typical place where customers will put it so that's not uncommon um especially too if there's like an ev charger connected to it the inverter Hmm. that's an option um so yeah it can go in the garage that's something that's okay if you have your panel on one side of the home and you do want the inverter moved all the way to the other side of a utility closet or whatever it might be that you have absolutely we check with you know that's something that you need to check um so we'll take a look at that and 
So, it's, so even though we can't avoid it, and we've we, we can't cover it up, we can't put it in a some kind of EMF control box because it's going to give off anything. Anytime we talk about conversion, that's going to give off heat. We're going to have some issues with that. However, critically placing it is the key, and yes. so you want to make sure you talk that through um, with anybody who you talk solar with, and that you're aware of that. Even if you can't move the smart meter, you definitely don't want to place that inverter um, anywhere near where you might be sleeping. Um, for sure, um, or if you can get it out in the garage, which sounds like you can, um, that's that's a great place for it. So when the lights go off, I feel like I'm going to sing here. I won't. <laughs> I won't because I'm a terrible singer. You do not want me to do that. Um, I want to spend just a, a tab at a time um, talking about what we do that can keep the lights on because part of the reason I think that I want solar is because I want to be able to win that black burnout or blackouts happened, brownouts, burnouts. I'm <laughs> clearly burnt out. When the blackouts happen in my neighborhood, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to the previous episode that we talked about solar and generalization. Um, we're worried about the grid, things like that. If I want my home to stay the lights on, what do I have to do? You got two options. So we'll do a generator is always an option. You also, if you have solar, a battery is a great option to look at. Um, so here's the cool thing of what happens when you have solar and a battery and your utility company goes down. You actually become your own mini power plant during the day. So if the sun's out, your panels are producing, it's going to your inverter, it's going to your battery, and the power is running your home. So it's actually really cool. You are, like, independent and strong and, like, <laughs> you're doing it. Like, it's cool. So um, a battery that's... You know, what everybody sees it's most useful for is for standby. Um, but the battery has a lot more that it can offer. So what I mean by that, too, is you can have, you know, solar, quote, unquote, running your home during the day. But at night, instead of continuing to use from We Energies, turn on the battery. Everything you have going on your home, make it run from the battery, and now you're cutting your dependency even more. So another... Wait, 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 wait. wait. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, this is cool. See, now, even as many times as I've talked with this amazing woman, she, stretch, she throws one at me that I haven't heard from her. So I can, I can turn on the battery. I always thought that it was just a battery backup, like my sub pump down there, like the electricity goes off and the battery kicks in. So you're telling me that I can actually use my mini power plant. Yeah. I'm telling you, as soon as the sun's down and you're just pulling from the utility company at that time, you can have your battery kick on at 6 o'clock. Whatever you have running in your home, you're taking it from the battery, which is great. So, I mean, it's it's like just say bye to the utility company. You're just so independent at this time. So, no kidding. Yeah. So, now, is that something that I have to manually do, or is it something that I can so you, electronically take care of or put on a timer system so I don't have to think about it? Right. So, you can set it up. So, um, you can just set it up. So, typically, how it works is actually really neat. So, if you're always home and you have it auto to kick on at 6 o'clock, run the home. You can always change the times, too. Mm -hmm. Um, you can do that. But if you're going on vacation next week, you can switch it to just be on standby, and now it's there and it's ready in case of an outage. Um, a lot of the batteries, too, have features where if there's a storm coming in, it will warn you, and it will save and, like, speed up the charge of the battery so it's ready to go in case there's a storm. Come on. I'm serious. It's Come really on. cool. Yeah, it's very cool. And it's all in an app on your phone. Got it. And so do I have to worry, so I, the, I'm, if I'm sitting there listening right now, I'm going, okay, that's great, mm -hmm. but now let's say I have that set to go on from 6 until 6, we'll yeah. just say every night. 
am I worried that I'm going to then hit that next day at 10 a.m., a storm's going to move through, we cut off power, and I'm, my batteries will not be able to run the house? Is that a concern? That's or a, is there? Um, so I'd say yes, but you can actually program your battery so you always keep, let's say, 20% okay. always on standby, and you can tweak that however you want. Um, so that's the nice thing. If you can deplete it to 80%, but, yes, if some crazy storm comes, you still got a little bit of juice to get through, and, you know, you have that power. Got it, got it. And in a typical scenario, I know where I'm in very general, like what could you expect in a, in a or what would you guys usually, would you have a, a certain runtime that you try and build the battery cell packs to be so that depending on your kilowatts and what you're trying to do, you're always trying to say, well, you're going to have 36 hours of continuous or 24 or four. Yeah. I mean, is that how you build? I mean, I don't know. Is it a modular system? Tell a quick talk through of, so, like, or is it a one all and you're just stuck with, uh, it could run for days. It, it honestly all depends on what battery you're looking at. Um, so a lot of them is just, you know, they'll cap out at a certain breaker size in your panel, like your dryer. That's the largest thing that can go on there. Um, but then you have other batteries that you can, you know, back up your whole home, but then have this thing that's called load shedding. So what that means is, I know, lots of new terms. So load shedding. Load shedding. Everyone. Oh, I thought my dog did some shedding, but maybe now we're load shedding batteries. So what it means is you can have the whole home backed up, focused on whatever. But if it's a hot day and we're dying in the house... You can kick on the AC, which is going to pull a lot of energy, but the battery is smart enough that it will automatically turn it off to make sure you have enough power for the essentials. So hmm. it's it's really neat. All right. All yeah. right. I mean, I, now, now I feel like i got to have you back for now another talk like on just battery. Yeah. No, so uh, <laughs> on, the, on the battery front, i got two things I want to hit. Uh, the, la- the first one is, is when we talk about this, if I have a, my current panel, I know, like, when we talk about generators, like, we'll talk about gas generators, I know the question that I get asked a lot is, well, you have to have another sub-panel that we break out, what we want to attach to the gas generators. So is it is it similar? Like, and so that's a deterrent for a lot of people. It's like, now it's in the panel, now i got to break out. I didn't plan for it ahead of time, so now I can't, I, I can't use the breakers, you know, that I thought I was going to use. Is it still similar to gas, like a generator, or is, or is it simpler in the solar world? Um, I would I would still say it depends on a battery. Um, so some make it very simple where you don't have to do anything. You don't need a service upgrade, you know, going from a 100-amp panel to a 2. Um, so that's really nice where when batteries first came out, like you did, it was very similar to generate. You have to have certain things. Um, but even like over the last two, three years, huge advancements. Um, so I would say it's it's easier. It tends to be a lot quicker, too, than generators. Um, and overall, it's just more of a long-term solution. Got it, got it. All right, and my, my last thought here is I'm going to kick it into the healthy land here. So I, I get nervous with batteries. I'm, I'm not a huge electric car fan, and it's not because I don't like the environment or I don't like it. It's just that I worry about the battery itself and its lifespan and everything else. Um, also, EMFs is another one around battery-based products. Mm-hmm. So the question I have is I know that for years I was told – have to keep these battery backup systems within a shelter heated and cooled space in order because they weren't able to be put in a garage they weren't able to be put outside has any of that changed over the years or am i still kind of stuck with putting this in my basement on the floor inside 
Um, so it has changed. But I do have to say, you know, the batteries that can't go outside, but it is funny on some brochures that they're outside in California. I just always have to point that out. <laughs> but um, no, the batteries now, you know, they can go in the garage that's not temperature controlled. Um, some batteries, uh, there's one that's actually in um, New Jersey. His battery's outside. And it is on an outside south-facing wall. They just have a cover, so there's not direct sunlight just baking on it. So there's little things, um, but big changes there. So it doesn't have to go, you know, in the basement next to the panel. You have a few other options you can look at now. Okay, good. And I think that's that's critical, just like we talked about the inverter being able to be moved kind of outside the premise of the house perimeter, mm -hmm. garage. Um, if we can get it there, then I'm, I'm a, of a better fan of that than, yeah. than having to, to worry about these these batteries. And I'm... Um, there is, and I think that's on a non-solar, is this something to be thinking about as battery technology advances? I know that there has um, been some concerns about our climate in the Midwest and battery storage of like your lawnmower bat, like if you have a riding lawnmower and they've got certain size. Not, not every manufacturer tests the cold climate, and so that's why it, she kind of left like California, they have them outside, right? Well, yeah. they don't. it's the cold, not the heat most yes. of the time that they're worried about. Although heat, I would think in California, you would worry about the extreme heat. Like, yes. I know, so it's surprising that they're okay with it. We can melt the outside, it's fine, it's but don't worry fine. about, but don't freeze it. No, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> right, right. Well, well, excellent. Uh, is there anything, you know what? Actually, there was one thing, and I had it written down here, and it's about critters, and I don't want to miss it. Okay. It was and because I think it's another one of those things we don't think about when it comes to yes. our solar panels. I'm going to jump back to solar, um, and I'm just going to ask you about critters. Critters. So um, when we're kind of going through the process, if you're in a heavily wooded area, or let's even just say you have a squirrel problem, like you, you just know that. Always share it because um, there's protections that can be done, like critter guard or a blocking of a skirt to go around the array. And I'll tell you, it is so important because, you know, if you have them, they're going to go under there. They're going to chew those cables in that. That is just something we want to avoid 100%. We want to get you set up and then make sure the system's protected, especially because it's such a, you know, it's an investment um, and we want it to last. So, if you have critters or anything of concerns, bird nesting, like all that stuff, we want to know it. It's going to help long term. All right. Fantastic. Uh, I, I, I really want to go back to this battery, but again, we're out of time for today. But all right. So what are we taking out of today? Panels, panels and panels. First of all, we know that they can be, they're smaller. They're black on black right now. They're really slick looking like everything else in the electric world that's, that's coming out right now. Um, they're extremely efficient, uh, but to things that you want to be able to, to tell any person who comes out and talks to you about solar, I don't know why you wouldn't call current for it, but if you decide not to, um, or if you're out in an area that current doesn't have service at right now, make sure that you tell them about extra usage, things that you might be planning, things like additions, uh, hot tubs, pools, any of that kind of fun stuff, electric car being the big buzz right now. Um, I know in I'm, I'm, I'm my home, I can't actually add electric car even if I wanted to, because I don't have a panel that can take on the additional loading. So, mm. and I live in a small house in the city. So even adding another panel is extremely inconvenient. So it's one of those things where I'm waiting for the magnet, the the, the magic box that you just placed on there, and somehow it just powers itself. I don't know. It's got, I keep getting told it's going to get there. Plug in the solar. just plug in the solar. I'm waiting for that panel to just plug in my car. Um, but with, with that, make sure you talk to them about, think of it throughout the year. Think of things that might happen in the summer, things as far as critters, things in, in the winter, as far as ice damming. Um, and 
don't worry about snow. It's going to be fine. You don't have to worry about it. Also, think of warranties. 25 is going to be your best. Make sure you get into that as well because, again, we talk about a 10-year cycle for payment. That's another 15 years of something that you don't have to worry about. With that, understand panels don't plug into outlets, as I was told today. A little disappointed by that. I'm not going to lie. It'd just be easier to plug it right in, but it doesn't. It goes into an inverter. Inverters emit EMFs. It's okay. Make sure that we put them on places that we understand what EMFs aren't going to bother us in our houses. And also understand the big one today. Pause for dramatic effect. Solar doesn't power your lights directly. It gives energy back to energies and offsets your costs. I, I can't say it enough because it's I, it's mind-boggles me how many people I have to tell that to repeatedly. But there is a solution. It's a battery backup system. It's not really a backup system as so much as a storage unit because you become your own power plant. I'm going to use that now. You're I'm a power plant. You, you're your That's right. And you can plant. actually tell your house to use your power plant. <laughs> That's right, folks. You can get a power plant in your garage right now, and you don't even need anything else other than a solar array. All right. That is awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. If you have any questions, please reach out to her. She'll love to take your phone call. Absolutely. Yes, thank you. Step Beyond Green's mission is to create healthier indoor environments for us to live and work in. This is one of the ways that we do this. Please like, subscribe, or share this, as well as leave a comment below about this topic, or maybe it's a topic you'd like us to discuss in the future. As always, stay healthy. We'll see you next time.